The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back to the Source of Truth podcast as we study the source of truth, which is God's Word. And we're glad you're with us as we take a few minutes out of our day uh, to look into the Word of God, pick up where we left off yesterday, and dig a little further into the book of 1 Peter. Uh, So if you're following along with us, we are in 1 Peter. We're going to be in verse 21 here in just a moment. I want to thank you just for joining us. And while a couple of the people are logging on, just encourage you, if this has helped to you, that uh, you give us maybe review on iTunes or one of the places where you listen to it, or if you're on watching it on social media, maybe share it. Um, hopefully be an encouragement to others, and I know that would be a, a help to us. And these things are, are big deals, honestly, in the social media realm as we're hopefully strive to you know, get this out and maybe be an encouragement. Um, so we're continuing the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 2. Um, we're going to be in verse 21, and obviously it, it really rolls continuing with the context of verse 20. We mentioned that yesterday. And so he asked the question in verse 20, why would somebody call it glory when they have been buffeted or they've been disciplined for something they did wrong? Uh, it's different if you did right and you were still disciplined, buffeted, persecuted, whatever term you use. That makes sense. That is something that he ended the verse was saying that, and if we take it patiently, if we take it patiently, that is acceptable with God. And so that's what he's referencing there, is this, this attitude towards persecution. And he's, so he told us that we're going to have to handle things right, persecution. These things are going to come. We're not Injustice is the word we use today. It's going to come. He's, what he's asking us to do is not necessarily act like it's not there or, or even become the victim. He's saying what's acceptable to God is when we handle it with patience, even if it's complete injustice, his expectation of us is to handle this with grace, with mercy, with patience. And then he says, having said that, then he gives the example of Jesus. He goes, so I understand you say it sounds easy to do. Let me tell you how I handled it. So verse 21, for even hereunto were were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Now, in the next couple minutes, we're going to look at the example that Jesus set in his response to suffering. I want to mention one thing in the onset here that often happens. I've heard this stated. I've read this. And I want to kind of get by what some people say is a reason we don't have to look at this or why this doesn't really apply to us. They, a lot of people run to this argument that, well, while Jesus was human, he was God, 100% God, so he couldn't sin. So obviously, using him as an example of what we should do is inaccurate because we can sin, he couldn't sin. And while he could not sin, he does still tell us to follow his steps. God does, never expects us to be perfect like him, but he has given us an example, number one. Number two, um, Jesus, while he was 100% God, he was 100% man. And this punishment we're looking at here is his punishment on the cross. And just go back and look at the time of the garden. Look at the time on the cross. Think about everything that Jesus went through. We mentioned this last night in church. He went through physical pain. He went through emotional grief with dealing with our guilt and sin in our, in our life. And then he dealt with spiritual pain as God had to turn his back on him because of our sin. All of that took place, all of which really he hadn't really heavily experienced until those three things until that day. 
This was serious, all and because he'd done nothing wrong. He still had to do it because of you and me. So please be careful that when you say, well, because we're not as good as God, we're not perfect like God, we don't have to listen to this. That, If nothing else, that just simplistically ignores the scripture because he tells us here that we're to follow him, example. So let's unpack these verses and see what it is he's telling us to do in that. For even here unto were ye called. He goes, you were called to suffer. It's part of life. It's not just because you're Christians, but as a Christian, it's going to come. Injustice, suffering, these things are going to come. And the further the world gets from God, the worse these things will get. God is the one that brings peace. God is the one that brings fairness, if you want to use that term. And the further the world gets from morality and from God, the more unfair the world will be, no matter what they want to believe. So we were called to this. And he, why? Because Christ, here's the example, Christ suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So the first thing he says is, please understand, this is part of life. We see this because the person we follow suffered. He suffered uh, because of us, because of our sin. He suffered because he loved us. He suffered because he desired to do something that we couldn't do, and that was purchase our pardon. Back in Romans, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The payment, the punishment for our sin is death. We deserve death. But the Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. His gift of going to the cross is what has paid our pardon. Death has been dealt with. The punishment for sin has been paid. And he is now offering us this gift of salvation. That is what he went to the cross for. He didn't, Because he goes on. He says in the next verse, it's important, verse 22. Who, this is Jesus, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. So he had not sinned. He had not done anything to deserve the punishment on the cross. And there was no guile. He wasn't even... Uh, cruel with his words. He wasn't even someone you can say used his words in a negative way. There was no reason for him to be on this cross. Then down to verse 23. So who, this is an important verse, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. So let's just look at a couple thoughts, kind of takeaways of these three verses. The first thing, if we're going to deal with suffering, which is going to happen, and please understand, yeah, there's maybe some extra suffering when you follow Jesus because the Bible says if they hated him, they're going to hate us. But I dare say that the people who don't have Jesus are suffering today. I mean, it's just the suffering is part of life. We live in a sinful world. Injustice is, is, is for, unfortunately real in some occasions. So when we look at these things, the key what Jesus is saying here is not you're going to get a whole lot more or you're going to get less. God never said that. He just said injustice, suffering, persecution, struggles, these are going to be part of life. The persecution side as a Christian, these are going to be part of life. It's not the question of, are you or are you not going to go through them? The primary question is, how do you respond to them? That's what we're looking at, our response to the sufferings. And so the first thing we have to recognize is that these, these things are going to come. We must recognize they're coming. It's not a matter that God doesn't love us. It's not a matter that God's often angry at us. It's just the fact that they are going to come. So we need to recognize suffering is part of life. Trials is part of life. We're told in the book of James, count it all joy when you find yourself in multiple trials and temptations. So this is, this is not abnormal. So recognize this and see his example. Use the example that Christ went through for us as that level of strength to be able to keep going. Christ went through it. Christ knows we're going through it. And Christ has promised to be there while we go through it. But remember the second thing, the reason 
that Christ wanted to show us. Christ went through this persecution even though he had never sinned and he never did, he never even said anything that would have brought anger against him. The point is this, this persecution was unwarranted. It was not his fault. Uh, it was a choice he made, it was something he did, but they hated him because of who he was. Just like they're not a big fan of us because of who he is. So we have to understand that. So we look at his example. The principle we take from this is some things that come into our life are gonna come simply because they're there, because we're alive, excuse me, because we are Christians, uh, because Satan hates us, because we're, we're living today. The, the life's gonna get rough in some occasions. So he says, please understand, when it comes, you can't always look back and say it's our fault or this has happened. Sometimes this is just the way it is. We need to respond in a certain way. Because if we, if we think, well, this is not fair, this is someone else's fault, if we look at it as there's gotta be a valid reason for what we're going through, well, then we get built up in anxiety, we wanna go fix it, we wanna solve the lack of fairness, and that's not at all what's being said here. He says, listen, None of this was his fault, none of this was fair, but yet he still went through it and he did it with grace. And that's what he's challenging us. Because we see they're gonna come, they may not always be you know, our fault. But three, look at his response. And to us, really, this is kind of what I think he's building towards that he hopes that we would do because these things are gonna come. The core is our response to them in verse 23. Who, Jesus, when he was reviled, he chose not to revile back. Okay? When people persecuted him, when they accused him, he didn't defend himself and yell back and go back at the same kind. He didn't really say anything. When he, um, um, when he suffered, he threatened not. So he, when they accused him or they criticized him, he didn't fight back. When he found himself suffering, he didn't say, I'm going to get you back. You're going to pay for this. He didn't do those things. He could have, the songwriter uh, makes a comment, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. Uh, he, frankly, he could have said one word and the problem would have been solved. This is God. So the entire time he was there, he, didn't, he wasn't there by his own doing. It was not right, it was not fair, it was his choice because he had to pay that for us and he loved us enough to do this. So he threatened not, but here's the point, he committed himself to him that judges righteously. He said, God, you have me here, this is your will. So I commit what's happening, I commit all of these things to you. This is the response that Jesus wants us to have. Not to react, not to pay back, not to find a way to justify, oh, I'm gonna get you. None of that matters. Frankly, that's just a sign of immaturity and carnality. He's trying to tell us, listen, when these happen, these things happen, unfortunately they will, Commit yourself to Jesus. Commit yourself to God and let God take care of the things you can't. Don't try to solve it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to make it fair. Don't try to balance out the scales. And don't get me wrong, those are the first things we naturally do. Those are the things we want to do. It's our human nature and it unfortunately makes sense in our mind. To let these things just go and give it to God is unnatural. That's why it's called the grace of God. We need the grace of God to do this. But if we, because if we don't do that, then we're going to live in a constant uh, life of trying to justify and rectify and, and, and try to make things fair. And that's just not the way God intended. Give these things to God. Let God deal with the things we can't. And let's, with grace, keep moving forward. That's earlier in, the, in this chapter where they say the world will look at you and say, oh, okay, we tried everything we can to prove them wrong. And their actions proved us wrong. That's what he's saying. These things are acceptable to God. Suffering in these battles, unfortunately, will come. How we respond to them 
is the key that God wants us to do. And learning to respond to suffering with grace takes the grace of God, takes the filling of the Holy Spirit. But that is what God desires us to do in a day when the world's telling us, fight for your rights. And I believe we have rights, but sometimes we just need to give it to God and they t- let God take care of it. I tell you, I hope that's a help today. I know that this is one of the harder things. Practically, it sounds, makes sense, and okay, I can try this. But in the midst of all of the raging emotions, this is probably one of the more complicated things we'll do. Ask God for grace, enough for today. Give up, Lord, give me enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow because he'll give you that grace tomorrow. Lord, I need today, I need the grace today to deal with this. And just focus on that, his grace, his strength, and his answers for today, and let him take care of things. That is really hard to do. But learn to continue to hand those things to God and put your trust in him and say, it's hard, but I'll give it to you, and we'll let you see what you will do with that. Thanks again for joining us today giving me a chance to be part of your day. I hope it's a help. I hope it's an encouragement, and I hope it just continues to point you back to Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.